Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. This is your Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons Live. I'm Fergus and I am your host. Uh, we are here to sum up the season. I know we have got the FA Cup final coming up. We will talk about that and we will do something separate about that. But we're looking at the season that we've got. Uh, you are watching Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Joined um, by some regular, well, all regulars actually, uh, some who have been a little bit distant from us for a little while, and others who um, who haven't. Some who take a lot of precautions, and uh, one who's uh, COVID ready is um, Scunny. How are you? Formula I'm One. Good, I'm good. I'm good. I thought you had to wear these everywhere now. <laughs> I'm talking to you, lot, so I'm taking precautions. Well, you, you know what? With this internet connection, I think you need to take it off because we won't be able to read your mouth otherwise. Say what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dan, uh, welcome back. Since we're talking about Formula One, this weekend is really good for you. You've got the FA Cup final and you've got the British Grand Prix. Yeah, man, I'm buzzing for this weekend. It's, uh, it's going to be a very important day and hopefully we can see some uh, some good results. Lewis Hamilton on pole and Arsenal to lift the FA Cup. That's what I'm hoping nah, for. Anyway, Lando for Norris, me. mate, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, long time absent gap. Trevor. Hello, boys. How Hello, boys. She wore... She wore, she wore a yellow ribbon. She wore a yellow ribbon in a merry. Lads, I'm excited. It's FA Cup final week, but I'm not that excited because I'm not allowed to go. Hello, everyone. How are you doing, boys? All right. Oh, we've missed you, Trev. <laughs> we have missed Trev. Johnny, Johnny, you're wearing a shirt. No, no, no. It's just a collar. It's just, it's just a, a collar. collar. It's just oh. about, it's kind of a workshop. You got dressed up for the occasion. Like I know, I know some people dress up for these sort of podcasts. I've seen people in, you know, all sorts of clubber, like um, dicky bows and dress suits, and looking like you know, scenes out of Faulty Towers and stuff like that. You know. Yeah, some people are misguided. Who could that be? <laughs> Go on. Explain. That's not just me, mate. It's not just me. You'll see someone else on here in one very, very soon, if you haven't already. Somebody you haven't introduced yet. <laughs> there he is. Mind, mind you, Lee, your, your suit's got to be, like, absolutely spot on, otherwise you're in deep trouble. Pristine, aren't they? That's why we're called, like, you know, that's why I called impressive dry cleaning because the press, you get that bit like saying it's impressive, see? you know what I mean? So, all my shirt, shirts uh, are all nicely pressed properly, and the shirt, tie, everything, like, yeah, why not? Why not? Well, just so people know what we're talking about, Lee and Dan have joined Kevin on uh, Kevin Campbell's channel to do Who's Come for Dinner, is it? And uh, you talk about various different subjects so like if you want to jump on kevin's uh, channel about that but i i have been taking uh, what are they called rising the michael out of dan on twitter today about like him looking like well, Manuel me into this. what's that don't bring me into this it's not about uh, me oh. is it? you're saying right taking the michael right, don't bring me into this <laughs> oh, okay I'll take this then. <laughs> <laughs> it was good Boys, fun it's good it? interesting it was good fun it was odd. Very it'd be odd. interesting when Trevor has it because you'll have to have a shave and an haircut to do these, like you know what I mean. So it'd be interesting. Like, <laughs> so. I'll be in touch with my as well. Look at that straight line on there. Look how good that is. I've had a, a proper haircut today. I'll tell you what. Yeah, you, do you know what? It, it makes you look a lot younger. Well done. You look very good. Don't say that, Lee. Jesus, boys, come let's, on. Let's not start talking about bushes again, boys. Remember last time that all went I'm south, didn't it? That <laughs> certainly went south, I tell you. <laughs> right, so listen, uh, we've gone slightly north and probably actually just next door, uh, next door to Wales Street Training Ground at Watford. Um, we played Watford, who were, uh, well, they could, if they had beaten us, they could have avoided the relegation. Um, but they lost to Cajones. Arsenal scored with the first three attempts on target. Um, Abamyang 
Tierney and Abamyang again. Uh, let's go around the room. Uh, start with you, Dan. What 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 did you make of of the game, particularly the first sort of half? Well, where we're on the ascendance. Yeah, first half was a blinder, wasn't it? There wasn't really uh, any problems going forward, so to speak. I think that Aubameyang was dying to get that golden boot and I really wanted him to, you know, I really, really did. And you could see that the team wanted him to get it as well. He was looking sharp and down that left-hand side, Tierney was just showing why he's been one of our most consistent and one of the best players since Project Restart. Uh, Danny Sabias had a good first half and Amy Maitland-Niles, I thought, was quality. Martinez, again, was man of the match. And that was probably where it stopped for me, to be honest. I didn't really see anybody else stepping up. You can really tell why Arteta doesn't want to play four at the back. Because as far as I'm concerned, David Lewis and Rob Holding <laughs> need to be gone. <laughs> they were absolutely terrible, weren't they? Yeah. It was embarrassing watching them trying to defend. So you can see why we had to go to a back three um, since Project Restart. Because... Yesterday, uh, sorry, Sunday's game summed it up for me. It was uh, really poor defensively. But going forward, it was okay. But only Arsenal can be 3-0 up and almost throw it away. We did it in the away leg against Watford, 2-0 up, and we threw it away 2-2. And it looked like it was going to be a replica of that. And if it wasn't for Martinez, then perhaps it could have been. But we started off well, Ferg. But uh, our defending is shambolic at times. Yet again, it really is. Absolutely. Lee, uh, nice to see you're wearing um, a very washed out yellow top tonight. Bear in mind, you <laughs> dug us out about it before. Um, what, 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 what did you make of, um, what did you make of that first half performance then? And, and what, what stood out as good and bad for you? Well, uh, to be honest, the thing that stood out for me, and it's never not been mentioned really, was Aubameyang's goal. I thought that was sensational, absolutely sensational goal. And it just hasn't been mentioned, you know. I, I can't believe it wasn't in the goal of the of, of the season as well. I just thought it was a fantastic goal. But I, I just thought uh, the whole game or the, just summed up Arsenal season. You know what I mean? Inconsistent, so many um, faults that you could pick if you want to like the defending. You know, our defending is atrocious, as Dan said. I've got to you know say that it, it just is. Unfortunately, what it, it does, I think it highlights the problems we got because when we play four at the back, it gives us the extra man in midfield and we can create a bit more. But then against Villa, when you take that extra man out of midfield and, and shore it up at the back, we don't have creativity. So that tells you one thing, that personnel needs to be changed and uh, hopefully that's that's what's going to happen from it. I think it's also a reality check um, for me. I, I felt, you know, what... What we see against Man City is what we can do under Arteta if he's got the right tools. But we ain't playing Manchester City's every week. You know, the, when you play the league, there's different teams and different uh, formations and different um, uh, puzzles that you have to uh, get through. And, and at this moment, we've just got one one defending in that one way. And that's just to like, hit teams on the counter-attack and not really create too much. But you're only going to come up against two or three of those sides a season. So you've got to find other ways to um, to play, and um, particularly at home as well. Um, so for me, you know, it, it's a clear uh, pattern of what we need to be done, and it, I think it was evident in that game. And uh, I'm just glad I don't know how everybody feels. I'm just glad the football season, as far as leagues, can, is finished. You know what I mean? It's you know uh, great to be in the FA Cup. But, you know, I'm just glad it's all over. Really, like. You know? Scunny, um, you didn't have your favourite player, Mustafi. Um, wasn't on. He was injured. He's um, apparently torn his muscle away from his bones, so he's going to be out for a little while. Um, obviously, means we probably can't sell him in the meantime. Rob Holding and Maitland Niles um, got run outs. What, what what did you make of their performances? Um, well, I won't really impress with Rob Holdings, to be perfectly honest with you. His passing's great. Don't get me wrong, he's, he puts on some beautiful passes uh, going forward. I thought some of them were amazing. And switching it from one side to the other was really good. So I'm not going to take that away from him. I just thought he looked really timid. Uh, I mentioned it to a couple of guys as well. He just looks really timid going after the ball, like he doesn't want to do anything. He, he's scared of doing something. So I don't know if he's still got that injury that he caught in the back of his head every time he plays a game. I'm, I'm just not too sure, but he doesn't look confident. It's is he being played on the wrong side of that central midfield? Because when he played for Bolton, midfield. he was on the opposite side. 
no, sorry, yeah, defence. Um, he he played on 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 the opposite side of that defence for Bolton. Do you, do you, do you think um, that could have a factor? I, it's the only side he could really do, to be honest. Because when you've got, uh, say for instance, Tierney in in the back three, Tierney is a left footer, so he needs to play on that left hand side. So he's, mm. he's David Luiz is always going to play in the middle, and now Mustafi's gone, and he's going to have to play on that right hand side. I don't think it makes a difference when you're centre back if what side you're really on. I I don't see what difference it really makes. So, mm. all right. Sorry, I just read the message on there about a cat. <laughs> 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 Sorry, it just caught my attention. I was like, "What a cat?" <laughs> but no, um... Johnny. Johnny, what were your thoughts on on on, on the game then? Um, on that. Uh, first, um, that first half of the game, and, and who 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 stood out for you? So I got flying. <laughs> well, from what I saw of the first, sorry, it's my my cat is just going mental. Um, yeah, from what I saw of the the first half, um, I thought we were doing all right. I mean, we got three goals pretty quickly, but it all fall, it fell apart from there. To be honest, Bamiang's second goal was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic! Like like um, like Lee said, and Trev said, it should have been uh, talked about a lot more. Trevor it will be there, will it? Let's face it, the pundits hate us, so why would it ever get talked about? I, I don't think they hate us, honestly. I don't think they hate us. We have Graham Stunis as our pundit. Who who organised that? No, yeah, he does hate us. <laughs> exactly, Trevor. Who, who organised that one? 1971, our double year. You're wearing the shirt. You're wearing yellow. Me and you were making the effort. You know, what? What did you make of it? Well, do you know, firstly, you know, I really wasn't that bothered about the game. I wasn't even that interested in, in it. We, we we couldn't improve our league position very much, you know. And uh, I've just got, although we can't go, I've got the cup final in my head because. I want us to win it, and I want us to win it badly because I think it's the it's it's all part of the building blocks for Mikel Arteta. The goals against Watford was a definite penalty when it was a nailed-on penalty. Mike Dean was devastated when VAR overruled him. When <laughs> you he see that? <laughs> yeah. Um, Tierney, I don't think they're giving him. I, I can't remember what pundit on a telly said that he just passed it in. Well, he did pass it in. I was so pleased to see a defender have the composure over the ball going forward to pick to see the gap in the corner and slot it in the in the corner, not just lash it and bang it over the bar. So that was a good goal. Uh, Bama Yang, yeah, it was Trev, do you, it, it, do you, it looked good. What do you know that um Kieran Tierney is the first Scottish player um to score a goal for Arsenal since Scott Marshall. You might you and um uh you and Lee might remember uh Scott Marshall we he scored a goal against Newcastle in March 1996. Were you there? I remember it well. remember it well. <laughs> Were you sober? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ian Wright scored the other one in a 2-0 win. <laughs> Ian Wright so on, scored yeah. the other goal in a 2-0 win. Uh, how but how for Bamiyang's goal? Yes. Yeah, it was. Albamiang's finish. Albamiang's finish was brilliant, right? There's no taking that away from the man. But how he got away with doing that with the goalkeeper a foot behind him and, and a Watford defender a foot either side of him. I mean, we say we defend badly. That was awful defending by Watford, and Albamiang took full advantage of it. So good luck to the lad. Um, I thought Eddie towards the end was a bit unselfish. He tried to put Albamiang in for another goal, didn't he? When he when he could have scored himself, but I, honestly, I really weren't bothered that bothered about the game. The season, the league season, was over for me before that Watford game. I've only got one thing on my mind now. I just wish, I just wish I was going to Wembley this Saturday. Just, I can't believe there's a final at Wembley and we're not going. I, I, I've I said just, it on ages, Trev. I just can't fathom it. I tell you what would I saw it on Twitter the other day. I tell you what would have been a good idea. Well, from a selfish perspective, boys, I must add. They said that the FA should have allowed the, the, the Arsenal and Chelsea fans that went to Baku into Wembley, socially distanced, to see the Wembley final. And uh, that would have done me a favour because I'd have been there. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's I don't know how I'm going to feel on Saturday morning because we're going to have all the build-up. I'm going to be on the beer early, you know. 
and I'm not going to the game. I'm going down a pub to watch it with a few lads. You know, it's it's a funny feeling. I know we're going to talk about that later. Sorry, Fergus, but yeah, that's all I've got it's to say about Watford. Listen. As as you've intimated, the Watford game is almost irrelevant. The season's done. Watford pulled a goal back from a penalty when uh, Cajone, sorry, Troy Deeney um, scored after another foul um, on Danny Welbeck by David Luiz. What did we make of his foul? Did, was it a typical David Luiz cock-up, Lee, or was it just... Unfortunately, nah, do you know what? I, I, it was a penalty, but like it did get his shot off. But I, what what is incredible about it is that Mike Dean didn't miss that one, did he? He spot on there, <laughs> wasn't he? Like you know, what I mean, when he got that, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, straight away. No messing. Going back, going back to that, um, our penalty. You know, what I mean, after one take, you could see it was a penalty. I, I, I don't whether you think it's Arsenal or not. After one take. It's a penalty. Forty-four takes later, they're still uh, they're still thinking, and I can see the conversation. Oh, we're going to have to give this, and then one of them must have turned around and said, "Could he have been offside? Could he have been offside?" So they've gone and checked the offside after that. Like, I've never never known anybody to, to, to check a penalty and then check an offside that's afterwards. Fantastic point. That's a fantastic point. I'm Irish, so I don't do cricket. Okay, but I've been watching some of the cricket that's been on recently. And I'm watching some of the reviews that you can have in cricket. And please correct me if I get the terminology wrong and everything else. But apparently you get two reviews in cricket. And if you uh, get a review wrong, um, then uh, you lose one of your reviews. If you get the review right, you maintain your two reviews. But also the DRS, the people in the VAR room, as we would call, are they the ones with the whale? Is that the dolphin, the dolphin, whatever? Um, they've got 15 seconds to look, review and take the evidence in and give a decision. If not, the umpire's decision stands. Shouldn't that be the way it should be in football? And then VAR could possibly work. Well, I think cricket's a different different thing. If I, I'll be honest, cricket. Well, you see, play, so it's easier yeah. to get those yeah. those reviews or challenges in. We'd have to wait for a break in play in order to do it. Exactly, really? Johnny. Exactly, mate. There's enough breaks mm. in cricket. Don't forget, boys, that that the VAR and goal line technology in particular has had a huge influence on the Premier League this year because. Goal line technology works properly. Villa go down, and Bournemouth is still a Premier League team this year. So they're talking millions and millions of pounds has gone astray here. You know, it's uh, it's and and I see that them lot that control what's it goal line is it? Uh, what's what's the name of the company right. that does the goal line technology? Okay. They have all okay. they have they've, they've actually apologised this week to to um, Bournemouth and said, we have made a cock-up. That ball was over the line. Now technology... Bournemouth are taking working. legal so action, aren't they? It's massive. They need to it. Yeah. Well, what's it's the massive. What's work is that they forgot to turn it back on again. Well, what they're saying is they had seven cameras on the goal line for the, VA, for the, for the goal line technology and not one of them picked up the ball. But in that case, they've got VAR. Why didn't VAR step in? See, it's, I, I can't work it out where it's gone wrong with football because it should be working right. But uh, the problem is knows. with VAR, anyway, it's, it's uh, British, it's the Premier League referees, isn't it? That's the issue. That's why it's the rules and the inconsistent referee. Yeah. That's what it is. I think it's referee. ruined football as well. No, I uh, it's, 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 it's not the Everything VAR that's ruined it, though, is it? Yeah, it's well, been a shambles of a season, I, I, and that's something. It, uh, VAR itself is it is a computer replay, which obviously works. All it is is a replay. Just that's what VAR is. Yeah, it's, it's just showing it's as a, a replay. Game, but it's the it, crap rules. It's the crap rules that go with it. It's the inconsistent decisions. No one understands what a handball is. No one understands what a red card is. No one knows when you're offside if your toe is or if you're not. Ah, uh, I can't stand all them rules. And well, there's a handball new handball thing, rule in it next year. Next new handball rule. rule. What to do with the shirt? If it's below the shirt yeah. line on your sleeve, it's handball. If it's yeah. above it, it's not. Brilliant. Brilliant. Mike, you can't wait for that one. Can't wait for that one either. You know? no. It's ruined well, it. Mike, that, it's the that, rules that's ruined that, it. That that came yeah, from right, quite man. a few that came from quite a few handballs where the ball hit the shoulder 
and it was given as a handball. And um, just prior to the COVID crisis and everything else, there was a consultation with not only Arsenal fans, but other clubs as well about VAR. And thankfully, I was I was able to be at it at the, uh, the Arsenal boardroom. And um, Chris Foy was there with uh, the uh, supporters liaison, he, Gilly Moore, I think his name is, uh, officer for, for the Premier League. And they said what we're uh, going thinking about implementing was having the T-shirt line. And, you know, it would be it, it wouldn't be a case of you could drag your your shirts down to your your cuffs, but it would be a T-shirt line so that it actually meant that it was the, the top half of your arm stroke elbow area, which would be handball. Um, so I, I actually that's think gonna that's going to make you laugh. I'm sorry. I'm just going to cut in. That's going to make <laughs> you laugh in the winter months next season when they all wear long sleeve shirts. Yeah, but but absolutely, absolutely, it's right. Absolutely. I mean, what are they going to do? Like, you know, like they put the offside line across the pitch now to fake. Are they going to put a fake T-shirt line on a player's arm and say, right, yeah, we've we're we're having a look at that VAR? Where did it end? Trev, Mike, Trev, Mike. In in reality, you know, here on your arm is roughly where a T-shirt sleeve is. So it's just it's going to be a a matter of interpretation. It just well, means some, it's not your shirt. Some shirt sleeves are longer than others. You know what I mean? Some shirt sleeves are longer than others. There's oh. also this. There's so it's much. It's another grey area, isn't it? Massive. It's another, yeah, it's it's another grey area. It's not. It's just such a bad. That's these rules are just yeah. so grey. It's ridiculous. Exactly. None of it's black and white. Just none exactly. of it has, makes Dan, any well, sense. Well, so these referees, well, these well, referees well, are sitting there going, "Does anyone know? Can anyone help me? Because I don't know what these rules are now." Is that is that where his shirt might have been if he was wearing a shirt? <laughs> what a joke! <laughs> That's yeah, it is crazy. There's so much <laughs> can go wrong with this. It's massive. That is awful. It's gotta, Let me. It's, it's, can I ask you a question? Hit your shoulder, Fergus. Let me ask you a question, right? Of these lads. That that goal, that goal, that ball that was clearly over the line, that that what the goal that wasn't given, Sheffield United against Villa, right? And they said that goal line technology wasn't working and VAR wouldn't interfere because it wasn't in the rules for the VAR to interfere. If you would have if I was the VAR ref sat in that sat in that cardboard box wherever they are, regardless of the rules. When I Boston, saw that ball yes. a foot over the line, I'd have been buzzing the ref and said, hey, hang on a minute. That's a goal. You've got to give a goal, you know? They're, they're just... Correct. I don't know. Get rid of them all. Correct. Get rid of the lot of them. Yeah. Go Get back to how it used Correct. to be. What's the point? Yeah. It really is. It's, it's so much goes wrong with it the all thing the is, what VAR is supposed to do... What Gone VAR is supposed to do was stop all the controversies, mm. controversial decisions. It hasn't. They're still controversial decisions. We can talk about, you know, like Trev says about that one there, but the Aston Villa manager come up with a point, you know, against Crystal Palace in the beginning of the season, last seconds of the game, Grealish goes through, gets brought down for a penalty. They scored actually from that goal and the referee books him for diving when it's a clear goal, clear penalty. It's just, it's just, there's mistake after mistake. So it ain't doing, and what it's doing is it's ruining the game as well from, from a spectator's point of view, because you don't know whether to celebrate or not. You know, and when you look at it, guys, and I'm going to be honest about that, whether you think there's a conspiracy against Arsenal or not, right, when I watched that game on sun, su- Sunday, it didn't bother us whether we won, lost or drawn, right? But there was about two minutes of there of, you know, a stonewall penalty being looked at five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. And then down the other end, the penalty... Straight away given, nothing spoke about whether it was like, you know, he's had his shot off and, uh, you know, uh, so did it really interfere with his shot and things like that. It just brings in like well, conspiracy theories. For, that's for, the for thing, isn't it, Lee, as well. And the I thing is, VAR is, hasn't given them kind of penalties this season. So, you know, David Luiz could have easily got away with that because them, them type of challenges have been given the opposite way where it hasn't been a penalty. The problem is with VAR and all this crap, it's causing more issues where it doesn't need to cause them. You know, this is the issue, and now it's getting worse. Yeah. Do you know where we stopped? The the question you've got to ask yourself, Mike. We sell David Luiz. Say that again. But like the the question I'm asking now is that 
you know, all right, you've got VAR there, but if we had decent referees, now how does Mike Dean see that one for Welbeck, which is a good spot, I'm going to give him that, but he doesn't see the one on Lacazette, which is a stonewall penalty. What, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, the VAR is highlighting how incompetent these refs are and how poor they are. What we've got to do is forget about VAR, get better refs in, so we don't have all this rubbish. That's, that's the thing that's everyone's been saying. We've been saying that for years. We've been saying that. But he won't get pulled up for that. He won't get pulled up for it. It was horrendous. There was a discussion on TalkSport today with regards to referees' bias and um, since lockdown and prior to lockdown. And referees have given less yellow cards to away teams now since lockdown because they're not influenced and biased by um, the away fans and 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 it shows how much that the fans have a, have have an influence on on the game be it home fans or away fans but it's just the pressures that that referees are under and i think they're getting off really really lightly at the moment and mike dean for that first one taken as you said so many reviews of it there should be a, and and my point going back to using the, the 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 cricket analogy is there should be either a time limit or there should be some sort of I don't know, you get three angles, four angles. There should be something to do with VAR to try and limit it so it doesn't impact the game. And as many of us will know from being in the stadium, the inside stadium experience is absolutely shocking. Um, it's, it's fine if you're on telly watching somebody putting crayons on on, on, on the screen and uh, showing an angle from this angle, that angle. But when you're in the screen just seeing... VAR red card or VAR penalty, VAR offside. You haven't got a Scooby what's going on. Listen, that was no, the exactly. first time. That's the first time that um, both teams got penalties in the opening half since Arsenal against Tottenham in 2018. Um, Welbeck went on and uh, he scored from close range. Um, and it's the first uh, to make it 3 2. And uh, he is the made him the fourth different player at the Emirates to score for three different clubs. He scored for uh, Man United, Watford, and Arsenal. The guy who kept us in the game at the end was uh, Martinez. He's had a fantastic um, uh, lockdown. Uh, <laughs> Martinez. Does that rhyme with mayonnaise? <laughs> Martinez. Jesus. <laughs> Martinez. Martinez. So Martinez, um he he did not he did not he denied well Judges. Judges, yeah. you're picking no, me up That's on what I have on my fish finger sandwiches. <laughs> you, 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 judges are picking me up on pronunciation. Well, yeah, they'll at least one a little bit harder than that. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my name is Martin H. I've never heard of that one before. Like, you know what I mean? That's unbelievable. Thank you. Martin Hayes. Oh, thank you. Martin Hayes. Up from Meccano. Yeah, look, I said that's a little bit better than Martin A's, isn't it? <laughs> Martinez, Martinez, whatever you want to call it. He kept us in the game. And, and, and lads, you know, the people are talking about who should be number one next season. What, what, would you keep him in as number well, one? I don't know. Leno. I'll tell you the way you say it. You better hope it's Leno. I'll tell you, like, <laughs> it's, it's actually, if you want to be precise, it's Lino. Let's just hope we don't. Oh, 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 Lino. Lino. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Go on, Johnny. You've got to say something. Save Let's me. Let's just hope that we don't sign uh, Kepper as a Belaga or whatever his name is because you're screwed then. <laughs> Who's he? Chelsea's keeper, they want to get rid of him, they? Oh, he's keeper. Yeah, he's keeper. He couldn't catch a cold, that kid. No. Keeper. No. <laughs> so, Arsenal's worst league season for 25 years ended on a high by us beating the Hornets, as they say, within American TV. Um, 
But the record will show us that we finished 10 points behind the top four, 43 points behind the champions, Liverpool. Our lowest Premier League uh, finish since 1994-1995 when we finished 12th. Boys, who wants to go first? And One at a time, please. Who wants to go first and give their general verdict of the season? Not players, just a general verdict of how you feel the season has went. Trevor, should I start with you? You can start with me if you want, Fergus. Mate, I'll tell you how the season has gone for me. With the steady decline, although Arteta has come in, so we give Arteta time and it's early days, the steady decline over the last few years has continued. We've gone from top four to top six to now mid-table, and we are proper mid-table. And if, if it's not halted soon... If that if that trend continues, within two seasons, we're in a relegation dogfight. So let's hope that Arteta is the man. I'm sure he is, actually. And that, that, that we pull our socks up and spend our money wisely and we start turning things around. There's some cracking signs at the Arsenal. But for me, the season has been... It's, it, well, it's, it's been a strange season because of the break, obviously. We started off with Emery and I knew that after the... Uh, after the um, Europa League final last season, that Emery had lost it. I was surprised that he stayed as long as he did. Now we've had Arteta. I think that the break hasn't done Arteta's progress any good. I'm still excited by him. Uh, hopefully we have a wise transfer window and we come back next season better. And for the first time in many years, we can get to the end of next season and so, say we've had a better league season than we had last season because we've not done that for a long time now. So that's that's about it for me. Mediocre, mid-table, that's what we are. Johnny, what's your thoughts on the season so far? I'll put you on your mute, mute for a second because your mic has given a bit of feedback. So that's why I put you on mute when we're not talking. I think that sums it up, really. Just, just I blame Trev, personally, for moving to Greece. Yeah, it's all Trez's fault, really. All that Suvlaki gave us all false hope when Papa was there. No, honestly, we, we we all thought in the summer that we had, we had lots of optimism with Pepe coming in and we we were showing progress and stuff. But I think everybody had that niggling thing at the back of their minds. The last 10 games of the season was starting to show a bit of wobbliness. So I think if you're going to give it a school grade, a D plus at most, it's just been so disappointing. Bad recruitment, um, hierarchy in turmoil, disquiet with the fans. It's just been really crap. But it's about as low as I'd like to go, really. Mike, what, what's, your, what's your thoughts on the season overall? Do you want to unmute yourself? Sorry, I didn't realise I was on mute. But yeah, what I was saying was all the crap has uh, finally caught up with us. You know, the crap signings, uh, or the, the poor signings in some respect. In not everyone, but there's been a few. It's all starting to catch up with us. And the thing is, now we're watching different teams go ahead of us. You know, who would have thought Leicester would have been ahead of us now? You know, we was in fear of Sheffield United going above us this year. Who would have thought that? So it is just all catching up with us. And it is, it's finally, it is caught up with us so much now that next season, I'm, I'm, I'm quite worried for next season if some things don't start happening in, in the back, back rooms. Can, That's where can, it needs to you, start happening. Can you see the sliding further? If things don't start changing, yeah. You know, you got you Lee? got to remember, you got to remember it's a lot of these players played in Baku. Mm. In fact, pretty much everyone played in Baku barring T and E and Martinez. So, you know, these the same it's still the same players that we had last season. It, you know, I think we was lucky to get fifth last season. And now it's all like I say, it's all starting to catch up with us. It's uh, people are moving ahead of us. So it's now time to start. <clears throat> moving forward, you know, we, we need to start seeing changes in the back room and start bringing in people who've 
you know, significant who are going to adapt to the team quite quickly, who's going to play for the team. We, you know, I, I, it doesn't bother me if we get world class players or not. What do we need to see, we need to start seeing people that are going to make a difference to the team and make the team better. You know, it could be someone who's worth 2.5 million for all I care, as long as they make the team better. I'm not interested. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not after big names. Lee, Lee, um, the cracks are showing. Can the cracks get bigger? Can the foundations crumble? Can the slide continue? 100% it can. You know, I agree with, with Trevor, what Trevor said, or all, all the guys, really. It's been a big, big disappointment. Um, one plus, the, the, well, two pluses are Martinelli, not Martinez, Martinelli and um, and um, Saka. They've, they've been a quite, a quite a big plus for us, them two young guys. I think that they've that's been the big plus for me. But... I do think, you know, even in this look that, you know, people go on about Mikel Tone. I'm certainly not having a go at Mikel Arteria. I think he's doing a fantastic job. But just have a look at look at his performances since we've been here. They're erratic. You know what I mean? Like, even in this, uh, from back from lockdown, four defeats, you know, a couple of draws, a couple of wins. It's, it's, it's not, it's not going to get you into the top four with, with the players we've got, you know. Now, so if you, if you think about it, you've got yourself a good coach and... You know, like we was looking perhaps, you know, with Emery and thinking, well, it's the coach. He's not very good. We've looked what it looks now. We've got a decent coach, but we're still producing the same inconsistencies. And if it's not addressed, you know, and I don't want to see in the summer. I'm sorry, signings like Cedric because I'm, I'm, uh, you know, on the, the the cheap and whatever what, because what you get what you is, to, is what you get. Do you, do you I, want to see proper? I want to see. I want to see. I want to see uh, top, uh, top, uh, top what, what I was going to say, Sorry, Lee. What was, do, you, do you want to see a hundred million pound marquee signing, or would you like to see some uh, like a, a Nicholas and Elka, like 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 a player that looked like one that Arteta has just nicked from somewhere and that just blossoms at Arsenal, and all of a sudden we can knock him on for you know. 25 million in three, four years' time, and he's brought us up to that level again. Because remember, we are eighth. We are mid-table, mediocre Arsenal at the minute, unfortunately. Yeah, so so, so what we've been doing over the last few years, penny pinching's not worked, is it? By trying to nope. bring in players like Cedric, players like, um, who, 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 you know what I mean, are not, are not that good. Our two best signings so far this season have been, been our youngsters. You know, Pepe, yeah, that's a that's a, a, a promising signing. Um, um, but at the end of the day, we're still we're still the jury's still out on it, on that. But I've I've watched Cedric a couple of times. Is he better than Bellerin? Is he better than Nathan Niles? In my opinion, no. So that doesn't look good. I think Danny Sabias is something that we've got to, to to sort out and get done. But we've got to make some some bloody decent sign. Now I don't care if he's five million or six million. You know, I want to see them better than what I've got, what we've what we've got coming in. I've seen Sabias come in and he's looked like he's going to improve us. But I don't see Cedric improving us one iota. He might be good for the squad. You know, uh, Mary looks like he's going to be a good squad player for us. But I don't see someone coming in and going, right, I'm going to, that, that player, I'm going to nail on, he's going to be the main player for us as a central defender and, and, and do the business. Every central defender we keep buying has got, Faults. I don't, you know, David Louise, eight million. Yeah, great eight million pounds spent. Not not for me. You know what I mean? I want to see proper, proper defenders coming in, proper midfield players coming in. I don't want to see all this cheap stuff. You know what I mean? Like, and until it's the recruitment of this club has got to change. Otherwise, you know, Trev's right. If, if we carry on buying people like Cedric, who's not improving the side, you know, what we're doing is we're adding to the numbers of the squad but we're not necessarily improving it. And we have got to yeah. say, right, we have got to get players in and improve this squad. Otherwise, Trevor's right. We will not be 6th or 7th next season. We'll be 17th, 18th, and then we'll be in the championship like a league United. And I'll tell you what, we'll be in a hell of a lot of trouble then. Dan, that sounds pretty drastic. Well, Can listen, you see it's it? been an atrocious season. It's been an atrocious season from start to finish. Everybody got excited when we signed Pepe. I wasn't excited because we still got not got a centre half and a defensive midfielder, which we've needed for fifteen years. Yet everyone thought we'd be okay with Pepe 
and Tierney and Ceballos and Luis, and it just wasn't strong enough. And then we saw all the nonsense with Emery. We see all the nonsense of the pandemic. The whole thing's been a complete and utter shambles. But the main concern for me is the domino effect. And what I mean by the domino effect is when somebody has a bad game, it has a knock-on effect to somebody else in a different position. And that is why everyone looks at our defence. But you look at our midfield at how poor it's been this season. We are 16th in the league for creativity and goals scored. And people are happy with Chaka and Ceballos. If you're happy with Chaka and Ceballos, that's absolutely fine. But that is not a good enough midfield, and it's proven statistically that we are 16th in the league. So we need to look at our midfield. We need to look at our centre-half position. We've got eight defenders, and there's only William Saliba that I'm excited about, and he hasn't kicked a football for us yet. Pablo Marie, the jury's still out because we haven't seen enough of him. He's played two games and then got injured. Why are you excited Sorry, about Saliba? Why are you excited about Saliba, a guy who's played in mid-league because, French? Because his name's goal. not David Luiz, Mustafi, Kalasanak, or Socrates. <laughs> That's why I'm excited. <laughs> um, but no, in all seriousness, he's highly, he's highly rated and we've got to give the kid a chance. We can't slate him. When I look at our front three, I look at what Pepe's done and he's got a bit of stick and he has had it hard. But... He has had no help in his right-back position. Bellerin has been atrocious. When Maitland-Niles plays right-back, Pepe has a good game, right? It is proven. Bellerin doesn't come out on the outside. People say, oh, Pepe just cuts inside. That's all he does. I've been guilty of saying it. It's predictable. But Mares, Robin, Messi, Ronaldo, they were all right, and they cut inside. So what is going wrong with him? He's got no one around him. He is playing with poor players. Danny Sabas and Chaka have been good. People are going, they've been brilliant, them two. Absolutely brilliant. No, they haven't been brilliant. Bruno Fernandes has been brilliant. That's a brilliant player. Chaka and Sabas are good players. We want brilliant players at the club. And well, people well, just need to that's... wake up and realise that. And they're not. They're you know These Arsenal fans are getting excited because Granit Xhaka is now good and not rubbish. He's still not good enough. So we need to freshen this up in the summer and look at it. If Jurgen Klopp was with Liverpool now, five years down the line, and was still playing Sacco, Lucas and Balotelli, do you think Liverpool fans would be happy? That's why we're not happy. Because Chaka, Bellerin, Mustafi, uh, what's his name? Ozil are all still Arsene Wenger signings. Get rid of them. Yeah, the mentality is poor at this club. Get rid of freshen up and let's hope it does in the summer. Go on, Scott, you made a good point. Go point there about uh, Bruno Fernandes because he, he come in in January at Manchester United and look how their season turned around. Exactly. One signing. Exactly. Bruno Fernandes. Fernandes, when me and Trevor was uh, in Lisbon watching us play against his old side, I said to, to Trev, you got to watch this kid because he's, he's bloody brilliant. He's, gonna, he's a proper player. And me and Trev said exactly the same thing at halftime at the end that he is a proper player. And was it 18 right. months later, he gets signed by Man United. He's a, he's a signing that we should have made as yeah. soon as he played against us. Right. Same with Ishmael Astar. When we the, went point, Man, the point is... The point is as well is that he fits into Man United, Johnny, and that's what we need yeah. to find. Arteta and Raul and all these players, whoever's in charge, need to get together and say, who's going to fit this style? Arteta, who do you want? Do you want party? No, but I don't. Then let's not get party. Boy, you fit the style, come in. You don't need to spend millions to get the right players in. I don't think Arteta's really played his tactics for, since the lockdown. I think he tried to play and then realised he hasn't got the players to play it. So he's played the best he could with what he had. I think from next season, if we get some changes, like we're all saying, then we might actually see the way Arteta wants to play and get the players in that play the tactics rather than making the tactics fit the players. Boys, listen, well, right? Boys, problem, listen. The club, the club, we've been we've been rank, right? Right through the club, right? Dan, Dan and Johnny make brilliant points there, but we've just what money we have spent, we have completely wasted, right? Yep. Now I'm not knocking Pepe. Pepe is a player that's probably going to turn out to be a fine player. Trev, but Trev, you don't spend that, that is exactly where I was going next. And you can answer the question, first of all, Arteta's job ahead. What is his job to do this summer? Arteta's job is to find out 
who's been carrying out a bad business of the last five or six seasons and make sure that they don't get an input anymore. You don't spend seventy-two million on Pepe when we've had a leaking defence that's letting in goals left, right, and centre for not just for one or two seasons, for for a good few seasons now. We could have got Virgil Van Dyke for the same price we paid for Pepe. Look what a difference he made at Liverpool, and we've we wasted money. We give we give Urzil three hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week, right? Now, 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 if he's worth that, that's fine. But when we gave Ozil that new contract, he hadn't been playing well then. He hadn't been playing well for a couple of seasons before that. We could all see it as fans that he weren't on the ball. It was something not right. Yet we still go and give him a massive contract. That, and he's being paid that amount of money every week that we could probably afford to pay three very, very good players with. We've just, we've been off the ball right across the board with, with recruitment and with payment of players, and it needs to change. And my faith is in Arteta. I've got, I, I personally think that Arteta would have sat down before he took the job and said, look, I want a big input into who we buy. I hope I'm right, because the way we've been going, we've been awful. Awful. And that's Trevor, not we, knocking... He wouldn't have, by the way. Trev, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have come out at the Aston Villa game when that stupid plane come over and said, the fans need to trust me because the boards are with me. And if you don't believe that, you have to, because otherwise I wouldn't come out and say it. That to me says he has said to the board who he wants, what positions he wants to strengthen. And I believe he's probably gone on in terms of the actual specific personnel, because he talked about being specific in the in the press conference. So we have to trust that. And if he does not get back to this summer, then you can hate on Arteta all you like. It's, our fingers should be pointing at that board, 100%. Well, it goes on to Absolutely. what I said. That goes on to what I said last week about, um, you know, it, it, it all comes down now to what we're going to see. You know, it's it's the way forward. Are we going to see much changes? You know, this is where we're going to start judging our next season and seeing what these type of players that are going to come in because it's not Arteta buying the players. People forget that. It's, this is this is all going going down to on that Raúl. Is the one making the con? Is the one talking to the agents? Is the one making the contracts? This is all down on. This is going to go on to him. Yeah, Arteta can say, "I want this person. I want that person." He'd probably turn around. You know, I mean, he could turn around and say, "Right, if you want that person, I'll get you that person." That's what he should be saying. But when it comes down to the fact that, well, right, okay, you want, like you said, Dan Partey, and he ends up getting anybody. You know, anyone completely someone different, you know, that that's the issue that we're going to face now. And this is the things that we need to look at going into, you know, and this is, this is where it's I like don't the, want any more. The judge is, the judge want... is going to come out this after this tra summer transfer window for me. Trevor, oh, Trevor makes a great I don't want point any... Sorry, Dan. Trevor makes a great point there, you know, about the Ozil thing, right? Now, is this whoever made that decision about Ozil? Is he still going to be making decisions now? Because not only did he make that decision, they're giving him that decision. He decided to let Aaron Ramsey go for nothing, who was putting his body and soul into the, to the, to the cause week in, week out. And, and this and, is and the problem, Lee. It's not transparent, is it? It's not transparent. So nobody knows who's doing what. Who can tell me on this podcast what Edu, uh, Vinay, Raul, Husfami, Josh Cronky, what are their roles? I don't know. Nobody knows. Everybody says, oh, they do this, they do that, they do that. No one knows. No one gets it. It's not transparent enough. Who is making these signings? You know? In in Edu's in Edu's defense, I'm gonna 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 cut him a little bit of slack. He's been there one year, right? And in that transfer window, I'm not saying it's all down to him because we don't know, but we've got Martinelli, we've got um we've got uh Tierney signed. Do you know what I mean? We have got Pepe, you know what I mean? So some some things have been right. You know, let's not say it's all been wrong, but it needs somebody now to come in and turn around and say, right, well, we need to... And I hope, it, as, as Trev says, it is Mikel Arteta by saying to him, look, Socrates, Holding, um, Mustafi, I've given them a chance. They're not good enough, right? You're not, they're not Arsenal standard. They need to be got gone and we need to bring in this, this and this. But my worry is that... If, if Arteta has said that, because it's his, his on his watch, that he's decided to have uh, Louise give another year's contract to and someone like Cedric coming into the team, you know, under this this guidance and all that. And to me, it's a big worry because I, I don't see the the future and the improvement of, of the side. So that's my big concern. 
The other concern is as well. I think the other concern is as well is the age range of the players that but we're being linked to at the moment. You know, we're looking like a retirement home. Yeah, we are. But that's because, Mike, that's because, though, Scunny, of this blooming Kia, what's his surname, is really good mates with Raul, who's the agent of um, the Brazilians, the Williams, the Thiago Silvers, the Coutinho's. I don't want any of those players, yeah? I don't want any more washed-up rejects from Chelsea, Liverpool, United, Spurs. We've tried all this before. We're going to look like a West Ham of the 1990s, late 1990s, aren't we? Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. (laughs) I've got my list. I've got my list on here, but I think Arteta's job ahead of us is. And he's he's got three things to do. The first thing he needs to do, in my view, is convince Aubameyang to sign. I think that's done because, as Johnny said in the private chat, without Aubameyang in this season, we're relegation father. His stats are absolutely amazing. And we're going to touch on players of the season next. Can um, I just make a point on that quick, really quick? You know, I know we're saying about Aubameyang and stuff like that, and yeah, he's done really well this season, keeping us up with his goal-scoring record. But how can we think to ourselves, right, let's put Aubameyang on 250, 350,000 a week at 31 years of age, when Chelsea have just signed Tino Werner, Werner for 45 million. We could have had that deal. That is a good deal for a hell of a good striker. We well, couldn't we, have we had that deal because we ain't got Champions League football. We haven't got well, it, it, at, the t- at the time, we, it, no one knew at the time. It was done way before. But they had a, much better, they had a much better chance of getting Champions League. They're currently well, in the got the, well, You've got to ask yourselves, have we got, if we've got these right people in the right in the background team who could be signing, the, making these players sign, yeah, you know, I, this is I, the I, thing. It, we've, apparently, I, Raul is a master magician at doing contracts. I get, he could uh, yeah, have that yeah. contract out for Timo Werner and forty-five millions a steal. For I still think the loss of Sven Mislintat was the worst thing that could have happened to us in terms of the hierarchy, because it, it just shows you we're going away from the scouting side of recruiting players that got us Martinelli and players like Anelka and Vieira and stuff like that from the scouting side of things over to the deal makers like the Louise deal and potentially the other deals that we're going to be doing, all these backhanders that we're all thinking that uh, Uncle Raul, he's now our molesting uncle. You know, he's not that nice uncle. We like he used to bring us sweets. He's there, the one that touches us uh, in the wrong places. Listen, we've had our worst season. It has been pretty dire. Um, we know uh, we as fans have a clue what we think needs to be done. As I said, first of all, to Vincent... Uh, Abamyang to sign a contract because I think uh, that's the best option we have up front at the moment. Yes, we have got Martinelli, we've got uh, Saka, we've got other young players coming through, but I think at this moment in time to, to stabilise and build from where we've got our front line and a forward midfield is pretty stable. It's the central midfield and defence that has always been the issue for us. We need to sell players to raise capital and free up wages, in my view. And more importantly, and more positively, we need to win the FA Cup on Saturday. Job done. It's a statement of intent, isn't it? It's a message we out do. to say we're, we're, we're not going to be going into the, the dark night quietly. Nope. Listen, I know, I know Dan in particular may disagree with me here, but my view is that winning the FA Cup is a massively important part of the rebuilding process. Teams get better when they're playing Europe. And the Europa League is the way to make not just the players better, but Arteta better. Different managerial experiences. You know what, Long journeys. I'll take that on board. I'll take that on board. I I was a little bit in, in Dan's camp of... I would have been happy without European football for one season if I thought it would give us a chance to genuinely um, uh, challenge for top four and and, and build upon there. Because if we can get top four, we can attract better players and Champions League players and so on. But I do pick up on what you're saying there, that if you get them into, one, winning an FA Cup, winning something, a winning mentality, 
Two, getting him to European football will keep the likes of Aubameyang because I don't think we'll keep Aubameyang without European football. Um, or if we do, we have gone out to pay him silly wages and it's Aubameyang part, uh, it's Ozil part part two. Um, and three, yeah, it, it could be a great schooling for Arteta um, and let him build and learn to be ready for the Champions League, which I think he probably is. So, Fergus. But also, everybody's missing the point. Missing the point, it gives you a chance of another another chance of, of Champions League football. That's another, Absolutely. you know, you've only got this is another chance of Champions League football, you know, and um, you've only got like a top top four, and that's that's. I'm I'm sorry at this moment in time, boys, that's done and dusted. We ain't getting that. So it gives you know Europe gives us another chance again to the top, to Champions League. So I think it's very very important. I really do. The best part of all of it, though, is that we'll knock the spuds out of Europe if we win the FA Cup, in my opinion. No, don't, Johnny. We just, we don't, no, don't, don't they're anymore. in, mate. Not, not anymore? They're in. No, we're not wolves out. No. Listen, just uh, before we move on, Fergus, Fergus, you raised a massively important point then, mate. You're probably not clever enough to realise it, but you did, pal. Right? You did. <laughs> <laughs> you see... If you, you compared giving Alabama Yang a new contract now to giving Ozil a new contract whenever we did three years ago, the difference is if we give Alabama Yang a big contract now, we're giving a contract to a player that's playing well. That is a massive asset to the Arsenal Football Club at this present time. When we gave that contract to Ozil a few years ago, Ozil wasn't playing well. He wasn't an asset at all to the Arsenal the way he was playing. And I will never, ever get my head around that. I would love someone to explain to me why they did that. It, it, they it, it, the, reason, the reason the the reason Ozil contract took place was we couldn't lose Ozil and Sanchez in the same transfer window. The two superstars, the, two, the two... Because it's, they don't give a monkeys about us, Trev. They don't give a monkeys about what happens on the pitch. They don't give a monkeys about the fans in the stands. They give a monkeys about pound notes and where they're going to get, um, you know, shirts bought from bloody China or shirts bought from America or shirts bought from this, that and the other. People turning up with their iPads to record the game. That's all they give a, a, a monkeys about. You know, that that is the truth of it. And, and that's why... That point of view, that's why Ozil was not Alexis. What's that? And that's why Ozil was signed and not Alexis for commercial yeah, reasons. Yeah, he's got he, 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 double the amount of followers on Instagram, double the amount of followers on this. Listen, we need to get this uh, to a close. I want to – there's a couple of things I want to do. That The last thing I want to do for us to chat about is could you, could you each give me your player and young player of the season? I know we got the FA Cup. I'm trying to take that in isolation, and we are going to have a – uh, a, a midday pre, like what they used to do on ITV and BBC years ago. We're going to have a, um, a, 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 a wind up to the FA Cup for an hour or so on, on Saturday morning. Uh, Trevor, Mem, myself, and maybe a couple of the other guys are going to join us. But uh, Mike, starting off, who was your player and young player, if different, uh, of the season? Uh Player of the season, uh, I'd have to go with Aubameyang because he kept us where we are. Uh, young player of the season, I'm going to go Saka. Okay. Lee? Uh, well, I'd like to give it to uh, Martin Hayes, but I'm not going to give it to him. I'm going to give it to uh, Aubameyang for his uh, the goals. And the player that excited me the most this season, the player that I went and watched for, for many parts of the season, he excited me from the moment he came on against Newcastle. Not Martin, Martin A's, Martinelli. Uh, just before I move on to Johnny, the Martinez I was talking about is the goalkeeper, not Martinelli, the striker, Lee. Okay, just, just saying. Uh, Johnny? We know that. We know that. Well, I'm pretty much the same as probably I expect the rest of you. Aubameyang for his goals and his consistency. And um, for me... I'm going to go with Saka. Um, it's just been an absolute revelation. And um, we called it last season about him playing at left back when people were injured at the beginning of the season. And he's flourished. 
Dan. Aubameyang, 100%. People don't appreciate how good this dude is. His stats don't lie. Um, so he walks it. Young player, Saka. Um, I think he has been an absolute revelation. And everyone's talking about the kid. It's between him and Mason Greenwood for the two that have come onto the scene. And then I'm going to give Tierney a shout for Project Restart because I think he's been our best player at Project Restart. But for me, Aubameyang and Saka. Here Trev. we go, Archie New. <laughs> I, I would have, I would have probably gone for Martinelli if he'd stayed fit as the as right up there for me. But I've got to agree with the lads. You know, stats talk. Aubameyang's got to be your player of the season. Um, and uh, you can't go for anyone but Saka for the young player of the season. You know, he's, he's just incredible, the lad. I was there when he made his debut. You know, he, he made it against uh, Vorskula Poltava in Kiev when all the youngsters played there. Astonishing that night when he came on. You knew straight away, you knew straight away we had something special there and that lad's not letting us down. And that is key to our progression. I've got to give a mention to the two goalkeepers. I don't know where we head now. They're both fit again. I don't know what happens there mm. because they've both been class acts, class acts. Um, yeah, but for me, Alba, Alba is, the, is the main one. And then then the young lad, Saka, brilliant. Yeah. Um, I think just, just ending on a positive from me, I know we're not ending yet, but from me, I think I dragged it down just now when I said about how we've been going down season by season. And I genuinely do think we're going to make the turn now with Arteta. We're going to make the turn. We're going to we're, I, we're on the way up now. We've got some class coming through. I, I hope we're bouncing on the bottom, and and I hope we are on the uh, on the turn, Trev. Um, for me, Abamyang probably senior player, definitely senior player of the season. Without him, as Johnny pointed out in the private chat and stuff, that uh, without him, I think we've been in dire straits. Lacazette for his work rate sometimes, unfortunately, is. Um, and finishing is a little bit poor. Um, young player, I'll go Saka, only because he's probably had the most game time. But Martinelli, if he had stayed fit, um, would deserve a huge shout-out. Uh, Tierney, as, as pointed out in Project Restart, um, he didn't really play that much. And even Sabias, who hadn't really played that much um, prior to Project Restart, he has improved. To be honest... Uh, it's hard to pick a player who wasn't better since Project Restart, since Arteta got hold of them, had a bit of time and had that fake pre-season before we'd done Project Restart. Um, what's that? I can pick one that hasn't been very good. Uh, go on. Gwendozy. Yeah, but he doesn't. He's, he's not part of the squad. He's gone. Bye bye. See you later. Oh, and I've always, I've always maintained it. But we're not, let's not go into that one. Listen, first of all, I, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us tonight. Um, I'd like to thank everybody who's joined us over the last nearly three years that we've been doing this podcast, both on um, audio and this season on video. Uh, some of the stats I was just looking at um, on YouTube. Uh, we've got uh, about 250 followers, not a huge following, nothing like you, um, uh, Lee, like, you know, with your 250 million followers, like, I know what you're like. Um, but <laughs> but we've got 250 followers from a standing start. Uh, we're getting about, uh, on Facebook, we're getting about 4,000, we've got 4,000 followers. We've had 40,000 minutes viewed in the last quarter. So that's 120,000 minutes on average over the year. So thank you very much for everybody who's viewed us and watched these things with us. But our hardcore, who we started with, our audio, uh, um, Apple's, uh, Spotify, whatever platform you're on, we get a hardcore of 2,100 listeners every month. 24,000 of you have listened to us. And I do thank you for... Um, putting up with my dulcet tones and my drunken rambles and my other various bits and pieces. Um, but Martinez. the final... What's that? Martinez. Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> the killer that English language right there. Don't ever, ever me again. Uh, <laughs> you catch me coming on this podcast drunk? Never. No, <laughs> never, never, never. Not at all. Never. Still one of the funniest things ever. 
that was hilarious. That was the best podcast, that was. <laughs> um, but uh, one thing I would like to say, look, we do a lot of crossover podcasts and we're a podcast family. Uh, Dan does Same Old Arsenal as Lee does Same Old Arsenal. Lee's on Arsenal fans uh, or AFTV. Can't say Arsenal fans TV anymore. You got AFTV. Um, Mike and Trevor have all been on um, Arse Bros. I've been on a couple of other different ones. We've had other people from other podcasts on here. And one lady in particular who's been on here has been Amanda. Amanda um, is from the Highbury Squad. Kevin Campbell's good friend. Lee's good friend. Amanda is 21 again on Thursday. I'm sure she said 21. Well, I thought she said 51, but she doesn't look it. It's got to be 21, isn't it? Fergus, I don't believe you've done that. I don't believe you've done that, Fergus. I promised her today when I was talking to her that we wouldn't mention her age. Amanda, it wasn't me, right? I don't think you look a day over 21, sweetheart. <laughs> Happy birthday for Thursday. Fergus, you're in big trouble, son. <laughs> Amanda, Amanda, happy birthday, darling. Have a wonderful happy birthday. Happy birthday, Amanda. Yeah, happy birthday, Amanda. 49B. A 49B. Plus. <laughs> um, right, boys, thank you very much for joining us, Lee, Johnny, Dan, Trev, Mike. Thank you very much for joining us again. You have been listening to an Arsenal podcast. It's Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. If you like what we do, please click on the subscribe button or whatever you want. If not, just tell your mates about it. We do this just for fun. And I uh, hope you've enjoyed it as much as we do. Um, we have got one more podcast. Uh, we'll actually probably have two, depending on the result of the game. But we are going to do a pre-podcast um, on Saturday, uh, about 12, 12.30, depending on how things work out. Uh, Trevor, myself, Mem, and maybe some of the other guys are going to jump on. And we're just going to do about having a couple of beers and getting ready for the, <laughs> ready for the final. Ready for the cup final. Come on. I want 2017. She wore a yellow ribbon. She wore a yellow ribbon. Sorry. <laughs> can someone put that comment? Can someone put that comment up from Heath uh, at the bottom? Because <laughs> that is quality. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's about right, that is. That's about right. Can uh, I just say, hey. guys, before I go, um, go on. Can I just say before we, before we go, guys, uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy watching this podcast now, you know, and, and being a part of it as well. So uh, it, it's one of the best. You guys are brilliant, and I, that's why I enjoy coming on here because you really are. It is really good, really funny. The one with um, Russ the other week, you know, I, I was watching it at work. And I had tears in my eyes, and there's not a lot of podcasts can do that. So I, I praise you all, like you know, for that. And it's been an absolute pleasure to, to know you all, like you know. You soppy tart. Appreciate it, <laughs> Lee. I'll, I'll oh, be. I'm going to be I'm slogging when I see him. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, thank you very much. Enjoy the show. Only one last thing to say is up the arse. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.